Up Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Melina Me. Each episode, I will bring on one guest host with me, and we'll go through a conversation, either one completely heavy topic or a completely silly topic. It can be a variety of topics about politics, all things happening in the world, social issues, mental health, well-being, uncensored personal stories, or life lessons. I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast, so let's get to it. listeners and welcome to the very first episode of in-depth conversations i wanted to cover the michael jackson leaving neverland topic for the very first episode i wanted to do this by myself with no guest host and have listeners just listen in i also wanted to do this because a lot of my family friends and people who know me know how much i love michael jackson love his music and i was well and since the leaving neverland documentary came out some people believe that michael jackson is a child molester some people prior to that believe that he was a child molester some people, if not that, calling him a freak, a weirdo, that something was wrong with him. I just want to give the other side of what really went on and who he really was. So before I get started, I just want to say I don't take sexual abuse lightly at all. And this is a very sensitive and very heavy topic to talk about, but we need to have these conversations. This is hard for me to talk about, guys, but we need to have these conversations. So I'm going to start with lighter stuff of how I became a fan of Michael Jackson, how he impacted my life, and why I love him so much. So I became a fan. I always had Michael Jackson in my house as a child. I don't remember a time where it wasn't around me. My dad always had Jackson 5 playing. My cousins always had Michael Jackson songs playing. I have 21st cousins, so you can imagine a lot of Michael Jackson songs. A lot of them love Michael Jackson. So one of my cousins is a really good musician. And he would play Billie Jean on his guitar. And I would just dance around like an idiot as a kid. I remember that. And to this day, whenever we have get-togethers, I always request him to play Billie Jean on his guitar. And sometimes he doesn't do it because he's bored of it. But I make him do it. Um, but honestly, I didn't become a wholehearted fan until I was around 11 or 12 when I heard his Invincible album for the first time. That album, I told his to everyone that that's michael's most underrated album ever it was incredible some people don't even know of it and i remember listening to butterflies and speechless speechless gives me chills to this day it's such a beautiful song michael's voice in that is so beautiful so soulful so angelic it's incredible i just I remember just going into Vortex and to his other songs as if I heard it for the first time when that wasn't even true but like that's what it made me feel I felt like his magic I felt his incredible talent and just mesmerized by him and I just went into it and his dance moves were killer I was convinced he wasn't human I was like there's no one who dances like that I would watch Smooth Criminal and watch him do the gravity lean and I was convinced he was like on a rope or something I was like no way but you're a kid and you're like this is not possible and as I got older I remember going into doing more research on him and I was more captivated by his generosity and his kindness and his messages towards his songs of heal the world earth song and uh, man in the mirror of wanting to protect our planet uh, do good things help each other help one another help children that was his message and I took that and I would watch him do tours and he would go from here to here and he, we all know he suffered from insomnia and he would be exhausted and he would go from here to here 
and he would stop by everywhere he went to either a hospital to visit children or orphanages, any stop he went to. I mean, the man gave $100 million to charity, so that should tell you what kind of man he was. Like, just an incredible human being who just wanted to do good things, heal the world, heal the planet, help protect the planet, and just do good things. And honestly, he helped me gain my trajectory in life and what I wanted to do. When I saw that, I wanted to do those things. I want to travel the world. I want to new, meet new people. I want to heal people. I want to help people out. I want to build a foundation of my own. I want to do good things. I, Because of him and because of what he did and what he made me feel, I wanted to do that. And I'm still, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I will do it one day. And... Um, but he also said you need to better yourself in order to better the world through man in the mirror and I always took that um, he was just an incredible human being and unfortunately to my opinion he was so the only thing he was guilty of was being so naive and being way too kind for this world where people just took advantage of him because he was too kind and because he had just kindness and way too trusting and that unfortunately was his downfall to me in trusting people but my goodness when someone is that famous as famous as he was it's impossible it's just sad it just makes me mad this situation because he's not here to defend himself if they genuinely wanted to get justice they should have come in 2005 with these allegations they should have come to trial instead of testifying for him in his favor then i just don't believe it i don't care what anyone says they were they were scared to they were adults there were children that were in court against him saying that they did these things so if you genuinely that happened to you you should be taking their side and saying okay this happened to me but you testified for him saying that nothing happened so and there's so many inconsistencies to their stories their case got thrown out of court because there were so many inconsistencies and when they're filing a lawsuit for 1.6 billion dollars i have no reason to believe that this is true and I hate that because whenever someone comes out with allegations like this, you have to take them seriously. And I do. And this is why I did research on it because I want to know the truth. But it's insane to me. I can't wrap my hand around it. And it makes me mad because there are people who genuinely have a hard time coming forward with allegations like this. And these kind of people are making it extremely hard. It's just... When I listened to one of the accusers, Wade Robinson, made, I guess, a statement in his um, case saying that his story of abuse would make him relatable slash relevant. That, that is crazy to me. So I'm going to go into this. I'm just so 
agitated, so let's get into it now. First, gonna start with the timeline from the very first allegations to now. So May 1992, Michael Jackson befriends Jordan Chandler. According to an October 1994 story in JQ, Jackson began a friendship with Jordan Chandler in May 1992 after the owner of a nearby car rental business offered him a free rental if the singer agreed to call his 13-year-old stepson who was a fan of Jackson's music. In February 1993, Jordan along with his sister and his mother June stay at Neverland for the first of several visits. In late March, the family begins traveling with Jackson to places like Las Vegas, Morocco, and Paris. During this period, according to the Chandlers, Jordan and Jackson would often sleep in the same room. May 25, 1993, the National Enquirer publishes a story entitled Michael Jackson's Secret Family. Jordan's fam uh, parents were long divorced and his fa father, Evan Chandler, a well-known Los Angeles dentist, was reportedly upset that the tabloid story portrayed Jackson as a father figure. Jordan's frequent trips to Neverland and other travels with Jackson had caused a disruption to Chandler's visitation schedule, and he allegedly became suspicious that something untoward might be going on. June to August 1993, Evan Chandler builds his case against Jackson. Having been increasingly at odds with his ex-wife June over Jordan's friendship with Jackson, Evan Chandler began talking to lawyers about either filing a restraining order against Jackson or a custody lawsuit against June. Chandler repeatedly threatened to destroy Jackson in a secretly recorded telephone conversation that were then played for Jackson's attorneys. Jordan was then interviewed by a private investigator hired by Jackson's attorneys and denied being molested by the singer. In mid-July, as a custody battle over Jordan began to ramp up, Evan Chandler claimed Jordan disclosed to him that Jackson had molested him on several occasions. And in August, Chandler and his attorney met with Jackson's attorney and demanded $20 million in exchange for not going public or to the authorities with abuse allegations. Meanwhile, in court documents filed in the child custody case, Chandler made no mention of Jackson. So you're telling me that if this occurred and your son comes to you with abuse that he had been molested, you go to settle for money you're demanding money in exchange for not protecting your own child okay this is why i'm this makes me so mad it, okay we'll get to the next one in mid-august 1993 during an appointment set up by chandler with psychiatrist Dr. Mathis Abrams, Jordan described being molested by Jackson, in it, including incidents of kissing, masturbation, and oral sex, which Abrams reported to the authorities. August 18, 1993, the Los Angeles Police Department begins investigating Jackson. The LAPD's ex Sexually Exploited Childs Unit launched an investigation into the allegations against Jackson after Jordan repeated the allegations in an interview with police. On August 27th, after police executed several search warrants of the singer's various properties, the Los Angeles Times reported that the videotapes had been seized and were not 
and were not incriminating. The last of physical, the lack of physical evidence of alleged sexual molestation left invis- investigators scrambling to get statements from other potential victims because, according to a Times police source, the search warrant didn't result in anything that would re- support a criminal filing. As the story made headlines, Jackson went along ahead with his world tour while his family and friends defended him back home. On August 25th, teenagers Brett Barnes and Wade Robinson, who is in part of the Leaving Neverland documentary and is one of the accusers now, who had become friends with Jackson several years earlier, held a press conference in which they had stated that they had slept in the same bed as Jackson, but nothing sexual in nature had occurred. September 14, 1993, the Chandlers sued Jackson for $30 million. The lawsuit accused Jackson of sexual battery, seduction, willful misconduct, intentional infliction of emotional distress, fraud, and negligence. November 4, 1993, the son of Jackson's former maid is interviewed by police. In their search for other potential victims, investigators interviewed Jason Francia, the 13-year-old son of Jackson's former maid, Blanca Francia. While he initially denied being abused, he eventually told police that Jackson tickled him and touched his genitals, a story he repeated on the witness stand at Jackson's 2005 trial. On December 15th, in a paid interview with the tabloid's news show Hard Copy, his mother, Blanca Francia, who worked for the singer from the mid-1980s to early 90s, claimed that she witnessed many inappropriate uh, natures between Jackson and several young boys, but didn't come forward until after she heard the Chandler allegations. She was interviewed by the police who prevented her from selling her story to anyone else and gave several depositions in the Chandler civil lawsuit. December 20th, 1993, Michael Jackson strip searched was is strip searched by police. J- Jackson's genitalia and body were photographed and videotaped by authorities so they could compare it to Jordan's description. Two days later, on December 22nd, Jackson p- released a now infamous video statement in which he insisted he was innocent and described the strip, shirt, strip search as the mo- most humiliating ordeal of my life. No arrest warrant was issued. On December 28th, Jordan was gave a sworn declaration detailing the abuse allegations. The declaration was leaked online in 2003. January 25, 1994, Jackson settles with the Chandlers and agrees to pay them $22 million. After months of negotiation, Jackson chooses to settle the, co- the molestation case out of court, with $50 million set aside for Jordan in a trust until he turned 18, June and Evan Chandler each received $1.5 million and the remaining money went to the Chandler's legal team. So I know a lot of people have a problem that a lot of people are saying that Jack's, that Michael had settled. And that is a lot of what makes him look guilty. But in I, uh, I didn't know this when I was researching. His insurance company um, paid for settled this he didn't he actually just wanted to do the criminal trial and then do the civil but it didn't go through so they had to do the civil trial first and then the criminal and once um, the Chandlers had gotten to the their money 
they the whole case for the criminal trial fell apart because they got what they wanted, their money. They were extortionists. They were completely... Yeah. So from February to April 1994, grand juries declined to indict Jackson. Grand juries in both Santa Barbara and Los Angeles were presented with the prosecution's case against Jackson, including testimonies from both Jordan and June Chandler, but declined to indict. Authorities said the case remained open, but in July, Jordan Chandler told prosecutors he would refuse to testify at a trial. In September, Santa Barbara District Attorney Jordan Snyden, sorry, Thomas Snyden, and Los Angeles District Attorney uh, Gail Garcetti admitted their 18-month investigation had failed to produce incriminating evidence without Jordan's cooperation. They would not file a criminal. They could not file a criminal charges against Jackson. Jordan Chandler went on to attain legal emancipation from both of his parents. June Chandler testified at Jackson's 2005 trial and said she had not spoken to her son in 11 years. Evan Chandler, who closed his dental practice in 1994, killed himself in 2009, I believe six months after Michael had died. February 6, 2003, the documentary Living with uh, Michael Jackson airs in the United States. British journalist Martin Bashir filmed a documentary between late 2002 and early 2003 and dedicated significant airtime to Jackson's friendship with young cancer patient named Gavin Arvizo, who had been visiting Neverland Ranch with his family since 2000. Jackson and Arvizo held hands and discussed having sleepovers, which he Jackson described as a regular activity for him and young guests. It's not sexual, we're going to sleep, Jackson said. June and uh June to November two thousand three, the Santa Barbara Sheriff's Department and District Attorney's Office renewed their investigation into Michael Jackson. Snyden, the Santa Barbara DA, reopened the investigation in the aftermath of Bashir's documentary, and authorities interviewed Arvizo along with his father, uh, David, mother Janet, and brother uh, Star. In June and August 2003, Gavin would eventually claim to police in November that Jackson had molested him on several uh, several times between February 21st and March 20. Uh, sorry, 12th, 2003, when, according to Janet Arvizo, Jackson held the family captive at Neverland. Jackson denied holding the family against their will. On November 18th, Never Neverland was searched by police, with Jackson arrested and released, released on $3 million uh, bond one week later. December 18th, 2003, Jackson is formally charged... Four months later, on April 21st, 2004, a grand jury indicted Jackson on se several additional charges related to the Arvizo allegations, including conspiracy involving child abduction, false imprisonment, and extortion. February 28, 2005, Michael Jackson's criminal trial begins over the course of three months. Dozens of witnesses were called to testify, including famous names like Jay Leno, comedian Chris Tucker, and Macaulay Culkin, the latter calling allegations that he was molested by Jackson absolutely ridiculous. Several other young boys Jackson had befriended 
as kids also testified on Jackson's behalf, including Wade Robinson, who said he spent the night at the Neverland more than 20 times sleeping in Jackson's bed and was never molested. He also refuted Maid Blanca Francia's testimony that she had witnessed Jackson showering with Robinson. Arvizo and his younger brother both testified and claimed that Jackson showed him uh, pornography and gave them alcohol, which he called uh, Jesus juice. Both boys testified that Jackson had masturbated in front of them and molested Gavin on several occasions, but Jackson's defense capably pointed out various inconsistencies in their stories and presented impeaching witnesses. They repeatedly introduced evidence that Janet Arvizo had committed welfare fraud and perjury and had a history of coaching her children to lie. June 14, 2005, the jury delivers their verdict. After deliberating for 32 hours over seven days, the jury returned a verdict finding Michael Jackson not guilty on all charges. June 25, 2005, Michael Jackson dies at age 50. Following his acquittal, Jackson never returned to Neverland Ranch, saying that the police raid of the property no longer made it a home. For the next four years, he uh, lived primarily in Bahrain and Ireland before returning to Las Vegas. He died of cardiac arrest while on the array of prescription medication. May tw- t- uh, 2013. So I want to go into Wade Robinson's thing. So Wade Robinson, um, he was supposed to do the Cirque du Soleil or he wanted to do it. And somehow that fell through. I think in 2011, and then he came out with these allegations. And there's actual email proof of that, where he's emailing the people for the company, I believe, or the state, and he's saying, I really want to do this I, uh, for me, for Michael even. So, like, there's, like, so many things that make it so hard for you to believe these people because there's so many inconsistencies in their stories and there's so many lies. It's just insane to me. So in May 2013, Wade Robinson sues the Jackson estate. According to the lawsuit, Robinson, a longtime friend, Jackson Defender, alleged that Jackson had molested him over a seven-year period, starting when he was seven years old. Born in Australia, Robinson and his family moved to Los Angeles after meeting Jackson. During his first sleepover at Neverland Ranch, Robinson claimed that Jackson performed oral sex on him, and he said, this is how we show our love, said in the film. Oh, God, this guy, is, this guy if anything, pisses me off the most. Because he dated, so if a lot of people don't know, he... Um, was with Brandy Jackson for seven years, um, Michael Jackson's niece, who set them up when they were kids. And it was like a puppy love thing, and it eventually grew into their adulthood. And then that was what fell through with him being cheating on her with Britney Spears and that whole Justin thing. So he didn't tell that story in the documentary because... The seven-year gap would tarnish what he was his lie, basically. 
So Robinson claimed that the last sexual assault occurred when he was 14, when Jackson tried to anally penetrate him. Robson has gone on to become a well-known da- uh, dancer, I don't think so, and choreographer in his own right. He has said that for many years he thought of his relationship with Jackson as being consensual and it wasn't until he had his own child that he saw the abuse for what it was. All right. So August 2014, James saves Jackson's the Jackson estate. So after basically... Uh, James Safechuck sees that Wade Robinson had come forward with allegations. He suddenly remembered that he had been abused. In 2017, both Robinson and Safechuck's lawsuit were thrown out of court because there was a time lapse and there were so many inconsistencies in their story that got thrown out of court. I can't with these people, man. I'm just so fed up. And it's so hard because you want to believe these uh, kind of allegations, but they're not truthful at all. And the train station of the James Safechuck story is the construction on um, Neverland's train station didn't start until the latter part of 1993, and it didn't open until the first part of 1994 when Safe. Safe Chuck was 16, so the abuse in the train station wasn't possible if the abuse stopped in 1992, as he claims in his testimony, as it didn't even exist then. There's a two-year difference. It just pisses me off, these kind of stuff. There's so many inconsistencies. It's insane. Robson claims so much of his abuse occurred between the ages of seven to nine, yet he wasn't even in contact with Jackson those years. As explained by his own mother in 2011, before the allegation, Robinson met Jackson at age five after winning a contest and attempted to use this as ammunition for a dance career in Australia, but had little success. The Robson moved to the U.S. for Jackson from for Jackson's help when Wade was turning nine, but didn't even get to work with him as much as they wanted. It's those kind of things that really just don't buy it. I'm sorry, I don't believe any of these past allegations. Any of these allegations are all complete BS to me. I'm sorry, but if Michael Jackson was still alive, I hundred percent believe this that those two would still be freaking leeches on him still, either for money purposes or for Wade Robinson's case for a dance career opportunity because that's his forte. I'm so dead set on that 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 would be the case if Michael was alive. These people, I'm sorry. These parents are freaking leeches. If you're not okay with your child sleeping in the same room as Michael Jackson, don't have them there. I don't understand. These parents were pushing their kids in front of Michael. And the father of Jordan Chandler, I still can't believe this, he he, claiming that his son comes up to him and tells him that he's been molested. And he goes with his attorney to meet with Michael Jackson's attorney and demands $20 million in exchange for not going to the authorities with the abuse. Are you serious? That's freaking, if that was true, that's a freaking negligent parent. You're not protecting your child any means. I'm sorry, money does not solve shit.
I don't believe that at all. It's complete BS. I, I, it makes me so angry. This is insane, people. Insane. How can you say something like that? And I don't believe any of these people. If I have a child and I don't want my child sleeping with Michael Jackson or in the same room as Michael Jackson, even if I am a fan, I don't want, I won't have my child there. I don't care. If I'm not comfortable with it, it's not happening. Not these parents, I'm sorry. No. And also, I don't, I understand that people have this thing about him sleeping with children. Michael's room was a freaking apartment complex. He would be sleeping on the floor or it was like a a two floor. Macaulay Culkin even said it. He would have genuine sleepovers. We just like to sexualize everything. I'm sorry, we do. The man just opened Neverland. Neverland was his home where he could escape himself and have a movie theater and a theme park because we didn't let him out of Neverland. I'm sorry, he couldn't even go to a supermarket. We wouldn't let him. If I saw Michael Jackson at a supermarket, I would go freaking crazy. That's what happened. That's what he, he became. He couldn't go anywhere. So he created his own home where he had everything. And uh, and he would bring children there who were terminally ill children who couldn't leave the hospital and bring them there so that they can enjoy. Because he understood what uh, having a bad childhood was. He was stripped away from his childhood. His father abused him and... He had to grow up way too fast for a child. He had to see things he shouldn't have at a young age. And I'm sure that traumatized him. It would it, Things that I've seen in my uh, as a kid that uh, I freaked out from, I went into a shell. I'm sure that's what happened. And then as you grow older, you can see it as like there's fear there. You have this fear about something. It lingers on you. And I'm sure Michael had that. And people just want to assume. He just wanted to do good things, people. I'm so dead set on that. He just wanted to help people. He wanted to bring people together, love people, help one another. He wanted us to do that. And he wanted to genuinely make an impact. And his messages to his fans have made an impact. He, They are doing things I want to... Like I said, I want to do humanitarian efforts. I want to travel the world. And there's a lot of people doing that right now. And you're going to see this world is going to be so much better than it is. It's so bad right now. I'm sorry, it is. And we're going to change that. It's almost 10 years on June 25th that Michael Jackson passed. And I hope that... um, My hope is that this all just like goes and... That the media finally tells the truth of what really is going on. And it just goes into the media. The actual truth. The research is there, you guys. You can just do that. There's a lot of counter documentaries on YouTube that are coming out. That have come out. And you can watch those. It's this Leaving Neverland documentary. It's completely emotionally driven stories. I'm sorry, it is. If they really had hardcore evidence, it wouldn't take four hours to... Of a documentary to say what you had to say. It just... Everything is... 
If Michael was alive, none of that would be happening right now. None of it. Michael would sue their asses, I'm pretty sure. It's just so not fair. The man did such great things and we're just like tarnishing his memory. I'm not because I will remember the good things and I'm going to teach my children everything that I learned from him. And they're going to be Michael Jackson fans and we're going to do good things for this world too. And I hope that you actually listen to his songs and his messages. He had amazing songs like Earth Song and uh, Man in the Mirror and uh, Heal the World. Heal the World is such a beautiful song. It gives me goosebumps. Um, if you haven't heard any of those songs, do listen to them. They're really, really powerful songs that give spread such good messages about what to, uh, about our world, about helping people. Um, that's what really helped me in or instilled in me what I wanted to do with my life. It was Michael who helped me. Um, I'm sorry if I'm ranting a lot, you guys. It's just this is really passionate in my heart, and. It hurts that um, their people are trying to tarnish his memory and the legacy he had and the impacts he's made in this world. I just hope that all of this kind of just titters away and we can just focus on doing good things in this world. Um, I'm sorry if I went too off track. It's my first episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you have a wonderful day. Bye.